Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Books. I'm Lily. And I'm Lena. And in today's episode, we're going to be discussing books themed around Halloween. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be horror-themed, but they can be thrillers, mystery books, just anything that gives us that vibe. So, yeah. Shall we just get into it? Okay. Should I start or do you want to start? You can start. <laughs> okay. So the first book that I put on this Halloween TBR is not necessarily in the horror genre. It's actually a nonfiction book. And it's called In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. And it's not necessarily horror, but what the author does is she'll use classic horror tropes to tell the story of her same-sex abusive relationship that she went through. So to me, especially the cover, I don't know if you've seen the cover, but it does give me very Halloween vibes. Because it's just a story written in creepy vignettes or like insights into someone's life. Yeah. And that's my first one. I've heard it's one of the best memoirs. Oh, it's a memoir. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first book that I have on my TBR is One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus, I believe. And this book is like a crime miss um murder mystery solved and it's actually a trilogy i believe which i when i bought the book i thought it was a standalone <laughs> so love that but basically i think from what i remember the synopsis is like there are these like it's set in school and there's all these different uh students like different types of people and one of them dies during detention or something like that and you basically find out throughout the book who, what happened. I don't know if you find out at the end what happened and then like a different plot is like starts for the next book. But the amount of times that like whenever someone um, has reviewed this book, they're always like, you think you know who did it or what happened and then you just don't know, which is one of the best movies, books, shows, whatever those are always so good because they get you thinking like other books you're just you can kind of predict them and honestly the books that i read recently were kind of predictable or like they just follow very predictable tropes so i'm very excited for this one and yeah sounds promising and it's being turned into a show so you know or a movie i forgot but it's being adapted so a lot of like popular books are being turned into like shows or film adaptations recently and it's just a great time to be a book nerd <laughs> yep <laughs> all right so the next book that i put down kind of following that same train of thought but not really is in cold blood by truman capote and now i know that this is like critically acclaimed like literally kind of founded a genre of like true crime books written about real events but they're written in a fiction way you know what i mean mm -hmm. but all i think of when i hear this title is jughead jones from riverdale <laughs> idolized this man <laughs> <laughs> so that's the association i have with this book now and i started reading it recently i got through chapter one but then i realized i was reading like four books at once and so i was like all right i'm gonna put that to the side and pick it up when i have time haven't had time yet been reading really slowly <laughs> recently but it's one that i want to get to quite quickly because the writing so far has been really really good and i don't know truman capote like part of the book is like his life story and i read a little bit of that and like the dude is so interesting 
because he like goes in these like Hollywood circles and stuff. And then he wrote a book that's kind of like talking about the gossip and stuff that he's heard, but like in a different way. And then suddenly everyone shut him out because they were like, I told you all my secrets and all you did was publish a book about them. Like, I don't know. Dude seems very interesting. And so I want to kind of get to that soon. The next book on my TBR, which I feel like we have mentioned multiple times on the podcast, and it's kind of embarrassing that I haven't got around to it yet, but it's Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. And the entire plot just sounds great. Like, and it also, I'm pretty sure Carrie from Carrie Can Read, she just started reading it and she posted a picture of the first chapter. And it was, wait, let me find it because this sentence just makes me want to read it even more. Yeah, so one of the sentences in chapter one is um, the black hydro flask full of chicken blood thumped against, oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. Yadriel's hip is my guess but that sentence right there I'm sorry who what now which vampire is this <laughs> it's such a big question mark right so yeah I'm very intrigued and honestly I think what day is it like what <laughs> what date is it the 10th okay I think I want to read this like on Wait, no. Are you good? This reminds me of that time last episode, because I was editing it, and I forgot this happened, but when you forgot it was 2021, <laughs> you were like, what year is it? And I was like, 2021, but like, I doesn't know the date. Oh my god. I'm just in a haze of trying to get through life right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same, though. This is a book. I didn't put it on my list, because I knew you were going to put it on yours. <laughs> But I was like, just because, like, everything about it, it sounds great. Mm -hmm. It's it's a gay romance between a ghost and a non-ghost. And, like, a bad boy ghost and a good boy non-ghost. Like, hello. Every single trope in there somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The book that I have on my list next is... A book called Sleepwalking by Meg Wallitzer. And this isn't necessarily Halloween themed, but it's such an... It's a book that gives me, like, unsettling vibes. Like, when mm -hmm. you read it, you're just like, that got a little too close, or, like, that was really, really weird, and not, I'm not going to stop thinking about it after having read this book. Yeah. But what I know about it is it's set at this elitist university, or I think it's elitist, and there's this group of girls, and they've all got their own dead poet. And one of these poets is fictional, but the rest are all real people. Like, that have died. <laughs> and basically, we follow the main character, and she's kind of swept up in this kind of group of girls. And she ends up taking a lot of the teachings a little too far and a little too seriously. And that's it. So I have the feeling this is going to be one of those books that you just kind of think, wow, you know, you're just in shock throughout <laughs> most of the novel. And then you're at the end and you just cry or like you can't stop thinking about it. So that's on my list. One second. I'm just writing up another one. <laughs> as, as we're making this podcast. Um, the next book on my TBR is The X-Hex by... Aaron Sterling, and 
I don't actually know what it's about. I started reading the synopsis and then we had to record. So I like stopped reading the synopsis, but it has been, I think it's one of the, what are one of those subscription boxes called? Book of the month. I think, I think it's like a book of the month book. So like everyone that owns a YouTube booktube channel recommended it. Um, but yeah, it also sounds just really cute. Like the X hex, like, I don't know. That just sounds really cute. I don't know if it's supposed to be a cute book, but it sounds like it's supposed to be a cute book. I think it's a romance, not maybe between witches, but like somehow it's witches and romance in one. I think one of the reviews was like, it's a hocus pocus retelling, except that they have sex. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's Halloween themed, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. The book that I have next on my list is kind of following the sleepwalking vibe, although the secret history kind of made that genre, so I don't know if it should be in that order. But it's The Secret History by Donna Tartt, and I've kind of read this book, question mark, because I listened to an audio that was like two and a half hours long, and it was read by Neil, the guy who plays Neil Perry in Dead Poet Society. So very, the whole vibe is immaculate and this audiobook was two and a half hours right and the original audiobook is like 20 hours so it was an ultra ultra abridged version but like you understand what happened but you didn't get a lot of like the writing or the like in-depth characterization because i've heard some of the characters come across more or less likable than they actually are but it was amazing there's a lot of death although it's not necessarily murder <laughs> It was amazing. There was a lot of death. <laughs> I mean, if you want to put it that way. But it was great. I mean, it was just great. <laughs> it's really got, like, I don't know if you know, students who study classic Greek. Okay, I'm going to go way back and explain what this book is about first. Basically, this guy called Richard, I think. If it's not his name, just, Richard? just go with me. It's going to be his name for now. But this guy called Richard, he kind of comes from some random place, like a tiny town in the U.S., except he gets accepted to this university on a scholarship to study Greek. Except the professor that studies, that gives Greek, is the only Greek professor in the area, and he's kind of weird. He's got like a club of, I think, five students already, and he's kind of shut this Richard guy out. He's basically said no to like taking him on as a student. And then this Richard guy starts getting closer with these people in that group, and he gets accepted into the group to study classic Greek, except these lessons are more than just, like, Greek conjugation and stuff. They're also about, like, the Greek philosophy of, like, you know, being very in the moment and, like, what is... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That kind of attitude to life that people think the Greeks had, where you're very, like, you want to feel the essence of life and... I don't know. It's very hard to describe. <laughs> I guess you just have to read it. <laughs> I guess you just have to read it. But he basically gets so obsessed in this thinking and all his friends, especially this one guy, Henry, are so into this that they accidentally end up committing. Do I say this? Is this too much of a spoiler? But they basically get so into this method of thinking, especially one of the friends, Henry, that it goes too far. And they want to try and avoid the repercussions of it having gone too far. But what also comes with this book is like, I was about to say incest and spoil the book, but I mean, you can hear incest, but I'm not going to tell everyone that. 
But what else comes with this book is like romance a little bit, but it's not like <laughs> ideal. Like it's it's romance, but like it's not a good thing. What else do you get? Huh. You get bankruptcy, but like being hidden. You get uh, when like what year is this set? The nineteen nineties, I think. 1970s maybe somewhere in that time period but it was published quite a while ago it's like quite a classic now it kind of founded the whole dark academia genre yeah because it sounds like i don't know if this is like the basis because i haven't read any dark academia books to be honest but from what i hear every single dark academia book for it to be a dark academia book it has to have some sort of cult-like club that's like hard to get into or like super exclusive and then like something goes wrong within the club but i swear like every single one of those books is just that just somehow different to the other one you know i'm quickly gonna search up a line from the book um wait oh okay so this is one of the first lines in the book or i think it is and i didn't get this in my audiobook but i think it's such a beautiful line so it goes, does such a thing as the fatal flaw, that showy dark crack running down the middle of a life, exist outside of literature? I used to think it didn't. Now I think it does. And I think that mine is this, a, a morbid longing for the picturesque at all costs. Full stop. That's kind of the vibes that the book has. Oof. Oof. So it's a very, I don't think it's unsettling, but you kind of watch all these characters go just a little bit more mad. So it gives me Halloween vibes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. Can you send me the audiobook? <laughs> I'll send you the audiobook because it's so great. Because it's read by... I know you haven't watched this movie, but Dead Poet Society is another dark academia staple. And it's my favorite movie ever. And it's read by one of the characters, like the actor who plays one of the characters there. So it's really abridged, but his voice is amazing in this like context and it's so short that like you can read it in a day but because it's so short it's also like every 10 minutes something happens like i remember i was reading it mm -hmm. mm, i'm not going to say this to the audience but like i'll tell you this but it was like an hour in and it was death and then it was 30 minutes later it was death and then it was 10 minutes later it was incest and i was like what? <laughs> i don't know reading a shortened version makes it so much more exciting sorry i was writing down to watch Dead Poet Society on our notes. <laughs> we need to do it together. I need to see you cry, Lily. <laughs> the next book that I have on my TBR, which I don't really think is very Halloween-y at all, but it's sort of like mysterious and not thrillery, but just like mysterious and I think like uncovering a crime. Maybe, but it is the Kingdom of the Wicked duology or trilogy. I think it might actually be a trilogy, but Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Maniscalco, which has the second book has been blowing up. Like, I think it just released, and so, or like it's about to release, so everyone's talking about it, and everyone's even more talking about it because the first book is like YA, and the second book is. NA so like everyone's like ooh <laughs> but i i remember hearing someone's review about it and they didn't really like it they thought it was a bit like um i actually think it might have been Cindy and she was like oh it's like there's nothing unique about the book if i i could be very wrong so do not hold me to that 
but I think it could be like a fun fantasy read because I think it's set in like Paris or London and like the 1800s maybe and there's magic and a hot guy and obviously the second book is supposed to be steamy so you know set in love London that. or Paris <laughs> and it features a hot guy full stop that's all the marketing you need to do for this book no but there's a thing I don't right? know why it's so common but like Paris or London or I think you read one recently in like Tokyo like those cities uh-huh. and then like the vibes are like a couple centuries back from where we are now so it's either like not like kind of medieval vibes or 1800s that and then plus magic or plus paranormal I don't know why it's so good but it's so good mm-hmm. it is because it's like you know that place except it's even cooler because there's magic or like cool people <laughs> and the architecture is pretty because it's the right century and it's just exactly <laughs> oh my god all right i'm gonna say my next one so my next one is an author it's not a book but to me this man is like the horror genre a little bit his name is junji ito and he color he doesn't color <laughs> i'm doing great but he draws graphic novels and comics and they're supposed to be really, really freaky, like paranormal or like proper, like scary stories or like un- I've heard they're very unsettling. And so I really want to read either Shiver, his short story collection or Uzumaki, which is supposed to be like a collection of stories that all feature around spirals and that's supposed to be really scary. This, these like Goodreads book covers look, uh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I've seen some like illustrations like all over the place of these books and they look really freaky. And so I'd love to give them a try. And cat rated it four stars. So, you know, (laughs) bound to be good. (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. And there's nothing like a good old graphic novel to bump up your Goodreads. <laughs> it's always great. <laughs> Books read this year. Yeah. Um, the next book on my TBR is Stalking Jack the Ripper, another book by Carrie Maniscalco. But I haven't actually read the synopsis, but it's like just the title alone sounds intriguing. And also it's set in like, I think also the 1800s. I don't remember. But it's like, oh, well, it was set whenever Jack the Ripper was a thing. So, you know, (laughs) whenever that was, that's when this book was set. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it just sounds, it's okay. This book sounds like a good Halloween book because you got a criminal, a uh, mass murderer, if you will, who is still going undetected. But I don't know if that's what's explored in the book. Considering it's called Stalking Jack the Ripper, I'm gonna guess that the main character figures out who Jack the Ripper is. Oh, I think it actually might be a romance. I don't know if that's what you want with that title. I, yeah. Oh well, I'll let you know if I read it. (laughs) Okay, so the next one I put down is an author again, because I feel like you can't talk about Halloween without talking about this man, and that is Stephen King the writing machine like he publishes a book like every six months or something i think less (laughs) like i don't know what this man is doing like he must be on so much coffee but 
The book, I've read one book of Stephen <laughs> King, right? And I hate, not hated it. It disappointed me, but that's my own fault because I read The Outsider, right? It is labeled a paranormal thriller. Except I bought this at a bookstore, just kind of randomly browsing around. I was like, oh, Stephen King, I should try him. And so I had no idea what this was about. And I read the back and it was like, this man is supposed to have committed a murder according to DNA evidence, except there's evidence that he was in a different place at exactly that time. Like he's on camera. So I was like, it's going to be a legal thriller because it was talking about the court case on the back of the book. And then it was paranormal. And there was like a completely not logical explanation for what was happening. And I was so disappointed. But the thing is, there's one description at the end of the book. And it's when they finally get the thing that's responsible. And they describe smashing his head in, like paper mache cracking and like insects crawling out. And I still remember this description Ugh. two years later or something because it bothered Ugh. me so much when I was reading it. Because the description <laughs> was so vivid and so disgusting. So he can't write scary stuff. That I was just disappointed because I didn't know what I was getting into. But I've heard from yeah. Noelle um, that she... Like that pet cemetery is a really good other Stephen King book to get into because it's about a pet cemetery. And so it's very like easy to get into, mm -hmm. but it's still scary enough to be a good Stephen King book. So I'm thinking of trying that one at some point soon so I can like give his writing another try because yeah. his writing wasn't a problem. It was my expectations <laughs> of the book. So that happens a lot, though. Honestly, I think we could like go on like a 20 minute rant about expectations in books and when they don't get met. Or, like, when you have the wrong expectation and, like, because I don't often jump into books having read the synopsis, although with Goodreads, it's happening more and more that I kind of know what it's about. But I used to, like, get a book at a bookstore and read it when I wanted mm -hmm. to, and so I would never know what this book was about. And so I went into it with one assumption, and then it usually yeah. didn't meet that assumption. I honestly think we should make this an episode. I think we could. I think we could make this an episode. But it would be, because recently as well, I've been, like, seeing more fan art for books I'm reading, because I'm, like, more involved on, like, the book community online, obviously. And the fan art never seems to be what I pick for these characters to be. And I think that's just the mistake I'm making when I'm reading or something. But that as well. Like, real descriptions yeah. of characters versus what you thought they were. That's disappointing as well, usually. Case in point. Carden from The Cruel Prince has blonde. Hair. <laughs> he is not blonde. He is not blonde. He gives me blondie <laughs> vibes. <laughs> so he is a blonde in my head. No. He is not. Okay. Someone has to like go and make a blonde version and you will see how not correct it is. Because looks. they all draw him like some hyper sexy like elf and he's just not. <laughs> he's like a normal dude with pointy ears. Who is blonde and black no. hair? I swear, it's described as like charcoal black Probably. hair. Probably, <laughs> but he gives me blonde <laughs> vibes. <laughs> no, you know what it might be though. It's because he reminds me of Maxon from the selection, and that guy was blonde. <laughs> so maybe that's just where the comparison is coming in. I think. Remember how I said there was a character who that happened? Yeah. With me, I think it was Maxon. I think I pictured him originally with darker hair. 
not blonde it's hair. It's so funny that this comparison goes both books. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So, the selection and the cruel prince. Which hmm. main character? Very opposite books. <laughs> okay, you move on to your next book. Alrighty. Um, the next book that I have on this list is Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And I remember, I think it was when this, hold on, let me check when this book came out because I don't remember if it was when it came out or just when this person made a review on it. I remember being super intrigued about it, like a review from when it came out. And it just sounds like spooky and like eerie and yeah. As usual, I don't remember what it's about though. <laughs> Lily just likes books and then knows she likes them, but then has no idea why. <laughs> yep. Okay. My next book is something I just thought of, so I haven't put it on my list, but I used to watch a lot of Cat from Paperback Dreams' videos, especially horror recommendations, because she used to read a lot of horror. She doesn't upload as frequently mm-hmm. now, but I still love her channel. But there was one memoir that she would recommend all the time, and it's from Caitlin Dowdy, question mark. Is that how you say her last name? But this woman has basically kind of like become the poster child for being a mortician, and she wrote a memoir. It's, it's about dead bodies, and the cover has orange on it. That's why it's giving me Halloween vibes and nothing else. <laughs> the next book that I have is Frankenstein because Zone of Pages or Isabella she recently finished reading it and she like was talking about it and like talking highly about it and was like classical books like this is a good classical book because I don't remember okay I don't remember if she was talking about the original story of it or if she was talking about a um retelling of it was one where you like really understand like Frankenstein and like his mind i guess but either way i should probably read the original before reading a retelling of it because i'm not that familiar with the original so yes and also it's frankenstein so like that's halloween in a nutshell you know so for me the next thing i put on this list is horror classics i should get to and things that i mentioned were frankenstein dracula adgar Allan poe i've read the raven but i haven't read more of his short stories and all the Sherlock Holmes books, because I loved the BBC version. Or I don't know if it's BBC, but the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. That was a great, like, show. Like, I loved that, and I really want to read the actual books. But now that you mentioned Frankenstein, I just remembered a book that I remember with Cindy talking about called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. And it's basically going into the psyche of Frankenstein's wife, and kind of what she's going through as he's trying to become this like great scientist and kind of, I don't know how to describe this, but basically, just read the synopsis. But basically, what happens is she doesn't really have a great home life, or I think that's what it is. And she gets kind of taken in by the Frankenstein family. And so she feels like she has to earn her keep while she's there. And so she very much puts on a face and puts on a facade throughout her marriage to him. And it kind of transforms her character from, like, this dumb woman with, like, no background, like, mental anything, you know what I mean? That, like, women used to be in books back then to a really, really interesting character without altering the way she behaves. And I don't know, like, books addressing the mental psyche of women 
I've always found it interesting to me, but I don't read them enough. So that's also on my list. Another book that's on my list is Ninth House by um, Lee Bardugo, which I have been meaning to get around to for the longest time. But Ninth House, which I'm sure most of you guys listening to this already know, but isn't it like set in like Yale or something or one of those Ivy League schools? And it's like a cult-esque dark academia vibe book. Secret societies, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And also the cover for that one, like it's very simple, but it's so pretty. The snake Mm -hmm. looks so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth house. And also I want to read Lee Bardugo's writing in a different setting other than Uh fantasy. Yeah. Because all we, like the two of us know her from are Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone. So like reading, and honestly, I think this one's more like, okay, Six of Crows was, I guess, mature, but it's also YA. Whereas Ninth House, wait, let me see what its tag does. Because this one at least feels more mature, you know? Ninth House is also not a standalone, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it getting its uh, second book soon? Yeah, it's adult. So that'll be interesting to see Leigh Bardugo writing an adult book, not a YA book. Yeah, it means her writing like has to have matured a certain distance to be able to write that kind of dark stuff. Yeah. I also really want to read this book, if you can't tell by how <laughs> excited I am about this as well. Um, I have nothing on my list anymore. I've done all my books, but we timed this very badly, so Lily has one more. <laughs> uh, the if, last... Lily had started, if Lily had started, this would have been <laughs> a complete natural... Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, the last books that I have on here go together, so that's why it's books. But it's Conclave and Fire Night by Penelope Douglas, which... Don't look at me like that! Don't look at me like that! Not this woman again! <laughs> it's not my fault. She writes intriguing plots. <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> Well, you haven't finished the book, so you can't say. <laughs> you haven't dedicated your entire life to this one series. Wow. <laughs> no, but these two books are novellas to the main... What do you call a book of four? Four books? What is the prefix for four? What? I was thinking quadology. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes. (laughs) The infamous quadology that is the Devil's Night series. (laughs) Anyways, these two novellas are set in between, I think, books three and four, and then after book four. And book three and four, I believe, is to do with... What's his name? Will. And, like, there's, like, a plot point in book four that you'd have to have read to know, but... It's focused on him, but technically he's not really there, I don't think, considering the synopsis, but it's about him. And then the last one is a, like, so the main premise is that they celebrate Devil's Night, which is their version of Halloween. And this one is called Fire Night, which I think is 
not their version of Christmas because I don't know if it's set on Christmas, but it's within like the winter season. And I think it's just like a really sweet, all of the families have grown up, they all have their children. And it's just like a fun little, because these books are really short. I think they're like 24,000 words. How specific? You know. <laughs> I just I just remember seeing that, okay? <laughs> 24th is Christmas. 24,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> Well, you do realize most people listening no! to this are going to think that 24th being Christmas is weird. <laughs> 24th is Christmas. 25th is Christmas Day. No, the 25th is Christmas. What? 24th is Christmas Eve. 25th is Christmas. 26th is Boxing Day. That's still the weirdest name for a holiday I have ever heard. Because <laughs> when I was young, I thought genuinely there was some kind of boxing match. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> It's like some yearly boxing match for Christmas. This is what I thought as well. Oh my god. <laughs> Would you like to depart the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot the word. End? Yes. <laughs> Alright, I'll do that. But anyway, I think that that was the last book on our lists, which means it is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you are having a great Halloween-y October and that if you celebrate Halloween, you're going to have a wonderful Halloween. Be safe, rest, though. Corona's still a thing. Be safe, though. True. Eat too much candy. <laughs> um, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, we would love it so much if you guys could give us a review because that would help our podcast out so much. For the rest... Have a nice day. Bye.